0: Sometimes the fun begins when the paved road ends. Chevy Silverado 2500 HD is made to work hard and play hard on the road or off. Go to ChevyDriveChicago.com for details and experience life in HD. Oh, sweet dreams to all of you. It's Wendy Snyder and for Lisa Dent today on the eve of Thanksgiving. And I would like to get some sweet dreams, but, uh, it turns out I have difficulty sleeping. So we are going to talk to Dr. Angela Holiday Bell, certified sleep specialist and sleep coach. How are you, Dr. Holiday Bell?
1: Hi, Wendy. I'm great. Thank you for having me on the show. I look forward to hopefully helping you sleep a little bit better. Well, there I
0: know that a lot of people have trouble sleeping, and I actually took a sleep study, and I did the at-home version. A lot of people are doing that because mm-hmm. insurance does not cover the one that gets you in the hospital to do it. And mm-hmm. the results were I wake up 12 times an hour, and I said, well, that's not really that bad. Yeah. And my doctor said, really? Because mm-hmm. that's every five minutes.
1: <laughs> yeah,
0: exactly. yeah <laughs> So what happens is um, basically your soft palate closes up and uh, you stop breathing and your reflexes get you started again. Is that really what's happening?
1: You are exactly right. There's some obstruction in the airway, so it's known as obstructive sleep apnea, that causes a decrease of flow of air and oxygen. And then eventually your brain is like, wait a minute, oxygen is important and we need to breathe. And so it causes you to kind of kick back in and gasp for air. Uh, And that can happen many times, you know, for you, potentially up to 12 times an hour, which can significantly impact your sleep quality.
0: Well, no wonder I am tired all the time. Now, I did go see an (laughs) ear, nose and throat guy he said I have a deviated septum so he put me Mm -hmm. on a steroid to maybe bring the swelling down and I'm supposed to go see a pulmonologist which I believe those are the people that set you up with the CPAP but now my dentist tells me that there's some kind of an appliance you can put in your mouth to move your jaw forward slightly so your opening stays open the whole night do you know anything about that?
1: Yeah, I do. So those are the oral appliances, which are an alternative to CPAP. So when you think about treating obstructive sleep apnea, CPAP is really the gold standard. It's a machine that pushes air through your airways to keep it open and stop that closing that we talked about. But for some individuals, especially if your uh, sleep apnea is mild or moderate, there are oral devices that you can use that do just as you said, that kind of reposition the jaw or the mandible so that you're not having that closing closing up of the airway that's leading to the apneas. There's also some that cause your tongue to protrude a little bit more anteriorly or forward because for some, just the the way that the tongue is positioned within their mouth also causes that obstruction. So those are common alternatives to CPAP therapies.
0: All right, and I I I feel like more people are being diagnosed with sleep apnea because it seems like everyone I speak to tells me, "Oh yeah, I got to go get a sleep study." Did we have mm-hmm. sleep apnea before, and now we're just finding it out, or is it developing more because we're more stressed or something?
1: Yeah, you know, I think it's multifactorial. So absolutely, we're screening for it more, which I think is excellent because untreated obstructive sleep apnea can lead to some pretty serious downstream effects. And so I think we as physicians are being trained to ask about it more, and we talk about it more, so people ask their physicians about it more, so we're definitely screening. Also, things like obesity play a significant role in um, obstructive sleep apnea. There's more kind of fat and, and tissue around the airways, and we know that, you know, in general, we are seeing a lot more of obesity in our population, so I think that is also contributing
0: Okay, and just because you snore doesn't mean you have sleep apnea, correct?
1: Exactly. Not all that snores is sleep apnea. So everyone who snores, you don't have to necessarily be worried. But that is something that should uh, raise your antennas to be screened and at least bring it up. Because at its kind of foundation, snoring means there's some sort of obstruction that's causing uh, turbulence of airflow. That's all that is. The turbulence is what makes that sound. That doesn't mean you're not getting enough oxygen at night necessarily, but it means that that could be the case. So it is something to at least speak to your doctor about if you are considering consistently snoring three or more nights per week.
0: Is it proper etiquette to elbow your husband if he snores and wakes you up during the middle of the night?
1: <laughs> you know, that's the one way to um, improve things for sure. Uh, you can do that, but also uh, certain positioning can help too. So when uh, some people are on their back, they tend to have more of that obstruction or turbulent flow. So things like, you know, elbow to the side can cause them to move over and maybe change positions to the side or the stomach which can definitely help snoring
0: okay and i saw something on tiktok because i waste a lot of time looking at tiktok videos and And someone yeah how about it and (laughs) and somebody swears by drinking an eight ounce glass of tart cherry juice will help you fall asleep do you know anything about this Mm -hmm. and does it work
1: I do. So there actually have been, albeit small, but several studies done on individuals who suffer from insomnia and had them drink tart cherry juice. And mo- the majority of the studies showed a significant increase in total sleep time, time to fall asleep uh, and sleep efficiency, we call it, which is the amount of time spent in bed actually sleeping. So there actually are some promising studies. It's really interesting. And some people swear by it. They love tart cherry juice. They're like, this is the magic bullet. Do I think it's a magic bullet for everyone? No. But it's a relatively safe uh, thing to do to drink some cherry juice. It's also rich in antioxidants and anti inflammatory, so healthy overall. So I absolutely think it's worth giving a try if you have issues falling asleep.
0: All right. I'm going to give it a whirl. I thank you so much for your help, Dr. Angela Holiday-Bell, Certified Sleep Specialist and Sleep Coach. Is there
1: a place people can reach you if they want more information? Absolutely. You can find me on my website at is uh As you mentioned, people like to, you know, waste a lot of time on social media. I like to be educational and entertaining on my social media. So you can find me on Instagram at the sleep underscore MD. Uh, feel free to reach out. I'm always happy to answer any questions.
0: Super. I will follow you on so, uh, social media. Excellent. Thanks so much for having me, Wendy. <laughs> yes. Happy Thanksgiving. <laughs> Thanks, you too. Oh, sweet dreams to all of you. It's Wendy Snyder and for Lisa Dent today on the eve of Thanksgiving. And I would like to get some sweet dreams, but uh, it turns out I have difficulty sleeping. So we are going to talk to Dr. Angela Holiday Bell, certified sleep specialist and sleep coach. How are you, Dr. Holiday Bell?
1: Hi, Wendy. I'm great. Thank you for having me on the show. I look forward to hopefully helping you sleep a little bit better.
0: Well, there. I know that a lot of people have trouble sleeping, and I actually took a sleep study, and I did the at-home version. A lot of people are doing that because mm-hmm. insurance does not cover the one that gets you in the hospital to do it. And mm-hmm. the results were I wake up 12 times an hour, and I said, well, that's not really that bad. Yeah. And my doctor said, really? Because mm-hmm. that's every five minutes.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so what happens is um basically your soft palate closes up and uh you stop breathing and your reflexes get you started again. Is that really what's happening?
1: You are exactly right. There's some obstruction in the airway, so it's known as obstructive sleep apnea, that causes a decrease of flow of air and oxygen. And then eventually your brain is like, wait a minute, oxygen is important and we need to breathe. And so it causes you to kind of kick back in and gasp for air. Uh, And that can happen many times, you know, for you potentially up to 12 times an hour, which can significantly impact your sleep quality.
0: Well, no wonder I am tired all the time. Now, I did go see an (laughs) ear, nose and throat guy he said I have a deviated septum so he put me Mm -hmm. on a steroid to maybe bring the swelling down and I'm supposed to go see a pulmonologist which I believe those are the people that set you up with the CPAP but now my dentist tells me that there's some kind of an appliance you can put in your mouth to move your jaw forward slightly so your opening stays open the whole night. Do you know anything about that?
1: Yeah, I do. So those are the oral appliances, which are an alternative to CPAP. So when you think about treating obstructive sleep apnea, CPAP is really the gold standard. It's a machine that pushes air through your airways to keep it open and stop that closing that we talked about. But for some individuals, especially if your uh, sleep apnea is mild or moderate, there are oral devices that you can use that do just as you said, that kind of reposition the jaw or the mandible so that you're not having that closing, closing up of the airway that's leading to the apneas. There's also some that cause your tongue to protrude a little bit more anteriorly or forward because for some, just the the way that the tongue is positioned within their mouth also causes that obstruction. So those are common alternatives to CPAP therapies.
0: All right. And I, I, I feel like more people are being diagnosed with sleep apnea because it seems like everyone I speak to tells me, oh, yeah, I got to go get a sleep study. Did we have mm-hmm. sleep apnea before and now we're just finding it out? Or is it developing more because we're more stressed or something?
1: Yeah, you know, I think it's multifactorial. So absolutely, we're screening for it more, which I think is excellent because untreated obstructive sleep apnea can lead to some pretty serious downstream effects. And so I think we as physicians are being trained to ask about it more and we talk about it more. So people ask their physicians about it more. So we're definitely screening. Also, things like obesity play a significant role in um, obstructive sleep apnea. There's more kind of fat and, and tissue around the airways. And we know that, you know, in general, we are seeing a lot more of obesity in our population. So I think that is also contributing.
0: Okay. And just because you snore doesn't mean you have sleep apnea, correct?
1: Exactly. Not all that snores is sleep apnea. So everyone who snores, you don't have to necessarily be worried. But that is something that should uh, raise your antennas to be screened and at least bring it up. Because at its kind of foundation, snoring means there's some sort of obstruction that's causing uh, turbulence of airflow. That's all that is. The turbulence is what makes that sound. That doesn't mean you're not getting enough oxygen at night necessarily, but it means that that could be the case. So it is something to at least speak to your doctor about if you are considering consistently snoring three or more nights
0: per week. Is it proper etiquette to elbow your husband if he snores and wakes you up during the (laughs) middle of the night?
1: (laughs) You know, that's that's one way to um, improve things for sure. Uh, You can do that, but also uh, certain positioning can help too. So when uh, some people are on their back, they tend to have more of that obstruction or turbulent flow. So things like, you know, elbow to the side can cause them to move over and maybe change positions to the side or the stomach which can definitely help snoring
0: okay and i saw something on tiktok because i waste a lot of time looking at tiktok videos and someone yeah how about it and (laughs) and somebody swears by drinking an eight ounce glass of tart cherry juice will help you fall asleep do you know anything about this Mm -hmm. and does it work
1: I do. So there actually have been, albeit small, but several studies done on individuals who suffer from insomnia and have them drink tart cherry juice. And the majority of the studies showed a significant increase in total sleep time, time to fall asleep, uh, and sleep efficiency, we call it, which is the amount of time spent in bed actually sleeping. So there actually are some promising studies. It's really interesting, and some people swear by it. They love tart cherry juice. They're like, this is the magic bullet. Do I think it's a magic bullet for everyone? No, but it's a relatively safe uh, thing to do, to drink some cherry juice. It's also rich in antioxidants and anti inflammatory so healthy overall. So I absolutely think it's worth giving it a try if you have issues falling asleep.
0: All right. I'm going to give it a whirl. I thank you so much for your help, Dr. Angela Holiday-Bell, Certified Sleep Specialist and Sleep Coach. Is there a place people can
1: reach you if they want more information? Absolutely. You can find me on my website at is uh As you mentioned, people like to, you know, waste a lot of time on social media. I like to be educational and entertaining on my social media. So you can find me on Instagram at the sleep underscore MD. Uh, feel free to reach out. I'm always happy to answer any questions.
0: Super. I will follow you on so, uh, social media.
1: Excellent. Thanks so much for having me, Wendy.
0: <laughs> yes. Happy Thanksgiving.
1: <laughs> Thanks. You too.